rugby podcasters in the entire state of Texas. That's right. You've been struggling through a grueling 30 days since you've last heard the sultry voice of one Grant Cole or gazed upon the mysterious eyes of a certain Rick Collins or wondered internally, why does Dustin Zare keep closing out each show with a random TV show wrap-up? And which one will he do today? Well, worry no longer, my friends. Another scintillating episode of Texas Rugby Monthly is upon us. <laughs> Gentlemen, how you been, man? Ooh, doing good. Just uh, ready to get back to some rugby. Hey, Dustin. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been pretty. Aren't we all. <laughs> it, it's been pretty uh, busy and uh, down here in Houston, you know, with everything else but rugby. But uh, it's a lot of rugby stuff going on in the shadows. And guys, on this episode of Texas Rugby Monthly, we're going to catch up and cover what's going on with the MLR teams the MLR teams in Houston, Dallas, and Austin. Get you all caught up on the latest from the TRU, and we're going to welcome on the podcast one of the most accomplished young referees in the country. Ooh, that's awesome. I'm ready. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I know. Great thing about this episode of the podcast is we've got a, a little bit of a, a sponsor that we get to give a shout out to. So, um, Wow. The platform we're, yeah, I know, right? We're moving up in the world. So the platform we're <laughs> using today is called Welder. Welder is a great new platform. And, you know, during a time of COVID, we are all reserved to video calls for, you know, watching programming and people do interviews. So ever thought about creating your own content by recording a remote interview with someone interesting? Well, guess what? Zoom is not made for that. And the quality is shitty. With Welder, anyone can easily create valuable content by recording a remote interview in high quality. Go up to 4K and super crisp audio within your browser in just a few steps. Get the attention and credibility of all of your fans by giving Welder a go at getwelder.com. That's Welder, W-E-L-D-E-R.com. The first two hours of recording are free and are waiting for you. Well... Lads, are you ready? Are you running around the horn? And, and, and Wait a minute. So we're paying now for this hour? I mean, I mean, if you guys <laughs> want to pay me for the hour, you can. I was like, <laughs> no, we are not paying for this hour. That That's that's not fair now. Oh, okay. But if anybody that's wants good. to that's pay good. us for this hour, we can also do that, too. <laughs> Ooh, yes, please. All right. What do you think? We got, we, Call me. We, yeah, right. Exactly. So we want to run around the horn. Well, you don't mind. I think I, I've let both of you kind of kick things off. Uh, I, I think I can kind of kick some stuff off about what's been going on in Austin in the past month. Um, and the answer you have stuff going the on answer is not a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, we do have things going on. Social media has been active and doing, you know, nice fun posts. Uh, shout out to the, the, the lads and the marketing team over there for, for at least getting some content out there. Um, not a lot has been going on. So we got our three things. My top three things are Marcelo Torrealba on his selection to represent Chile for the national team. Um, down there in in the in the Sud America, uh, getting their nice kind of round robin tournament. Uh, I actually forget what it's called right off the top of my head, so that's terrible. And you can actually you can watch the matches on your cell phone on the app Sar. Oh, I think nice. you have to look up Sud America Rugby, awesome. and then it'll have a download for the app there. Yep. Everybody needs to uh, remember their Espanol training. So, uh, second one, we did have a signing, so we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Robbie Kutzi from South Africa coming and joining the Gil Gronies. And then finally, uh, shameless plug for me and the other podcasts that I do Austin Rugby Podcast kicking off season trace. That's the, for those in, in the Latin America region. Uh, season three for the Austin Rugby Podcast. We're going off with a bang because I just finished a recording with one Sam Harris and Mark Gerard, the new head coaches for Austin. And let me tell you two hours of recording. Don't worry. Not all of that will go to uh, production, but two hours of talking about rugby with the new, the new skippers. Um, pretty exciting. Those guys are pretty awesome. So um, Marcelo, the, I'm really excited about him. I think, you know, Marcelo, you know, we'll kick off my first one. He he's been great. You now he was, he, he's, he slotted in uh, not last year, year before. Um, 
you know, pr- pretty seamlessly and, and played great nine for us. He, he's got, he's young, he's quick. Uh, he's a good goal kicker. Uh, he, you know, we didn't really have good goal kickers uh, at the end of season two and, you know, beginning of season three. And so until Kurt Morath and, and Will McGee came in, uh, Marcelo was kicking all of our goals and, you know, does, does a heck of a job, but he's great around the scrum. He is a typical nine. And by that, I mean, he's short and he will annoy the pants off of you. If you're the opposition, um, <laughs> or the referee last on that one. Cause yeah, he knows or the referee. Yeah. He's always in the referee's face, but he, I, I think for me, Marcelo, when he at a quick tap, he is lightning quick. I, I mean, there's the some of the tries that he's scored uh, you know, for Austin and, or set up for Austin is usually because Marcelo will quick tap and break away and like skirt in and out because I think he's five, six on a good day. Maybe I don't remember what, how tall he is. Um, so really excited that Marcelo is going to chance to play down there. Unfortunately, they lost their first game to Argent, uh, the Argentine uh, 15s, um, 25, 24. So uh, it's unfortunate. I believe this weekend they come up against Uruguay. Um, so that'll be nice playing with a, a former teammate, Rodrigo Silva on there uh, on Uruguay's uh, Uruguay's team. Uh, so it'd be good to see them. Uh, second one uh, for me, Robbie Kutzi. Um, yeah, really excited. This is a, this is high, high pedigree coming in to play hooker. Um, we, we did have, you know, we have Brendan Rams playing hooker right, right now. Um, my guess is Robbie will probably come in. They call him the smiling hooker or the happy hooker, I think is what, what they, his nickname was. He's always smiling or something like that. Um, but, you know, he played with the Lions, played with Golden Lions, played with Super Rugby Lions in seven years. Uh, he's got you know, a lot of experience in Super Rugby. Um, you know, took I think he took a little bit of time off uh, to kind of find himself. And, you know, he's come here to Austin and really looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the organization as far as leadership goes. Um, and so now you've got WAPA and you've got you know, Mason Peterson and you've got Rams, you've got Robbie Kutze, uh and you've got, uh, you know, Lerome White as we're starting to fill out more of those players and adding more depth, uh, which is pretty exciting as well. Um, and then, you know, finally, the the other thing was because there's really been no other news. Maybe that's kind of the one thing that I'm sad about. Like we we hear we hear rumors of other other you know people coming to the team and other things that <laughs> we've mentioned that we announced on the podcast last week. Bryce Campbell still officially unofficial coming to the team or or whatever what you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> so we got, um, but but unfortunately we haven't really announced anybody else and and I'm looking forward to it. Some of the names that have been swirling in the ether have been really promising. Man, I'm I'm kind of stoked about some of these guys that are coming hey, to play for us. Do they come from a place down under? <laughs> you know, um I don't know. I can't can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> so you don't know if they're better um, by meters. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel do, about Benjamin? Do they like Fosters? Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody likes Fosters. Fosters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible beer. No, nobody. And if you claim that you like Fosters, then you don't get talked to. Man, don't even yeah, talk to me yeah. about beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you don't get talked to. Um, you know, so I, no, not all of them. For, I, I know actually there's another two more Americans, a, a Canadian. Um, they're a Canadian second row. Um, another, I think two Canadians, another two Americans. If, well, if you count Bryce Campbell, um, some of it has been, if, if you, if people are on social media, it's not that hard to find some of these guys. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's pretty, and then, Rumor has it that there is a championship winning eight that is coming to the team now. Wow. I know. I know. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big one. So that'll be, that'll be very fascinating. Uh, people are joking. And of course, when is the championship this year? So somebody who plays on a championship winning team from this year is coming to Austin. It's Artie Sevilla. Ooh, I'll, leave, I'll leave that one. Artie Sevilla. <laughs> pizza, 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 Samu. Pizza, AC, ACT. That's what I said. If I'm going to guess one, I'm going to go ACT, Brumbies, uh, Pete Samu. Yeah, given the fact that Mark Gerard used to play for the Brumbies, maybe convince who's currently playing for the Wallabies. Yeah. Right? <laughs> An active Wallaby going to play oh, for I mean, yeah. Hey, man. Perfect world. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's good. You know, one thing I, I will say about you know players signing and players playing, uh, I am the stuff, and we didn't really talk about it. And I kind of like I'll sidebar real quick. Uh, the Bermuda stuff, you know, the, the ten series that's going on, that's getting hit by a giant hurricane right now, or whatever you know, tropical storm, whatever you want to call Epsilon. it. There are, yeah, there are quite a few Austin and former Austin players playing in that tournament. They're like quite a few. Um, you know, I know well, that, that's the shade, oh. um, right? Influence. I, I don't know. Well, they're playing not just Ohio, like uh, Zinzan Probably. is playing with London Royals. Um, you've got some other guys that are playing down there too. Uh, the, he, the former Austin player, I don't know if he, I don't think he's resigned, but maybe a pickup for you guys in Dallas, since I believe he lives out there. But the Fijian Godzilla, <laughs> Mikhail oh, uh, Naira Matanga, uh, he's playing with. I've uh, not heard that yet. Well, I don't know if he is playing up with you guys, but <laughs> for a second row, I mean, you've seen him play for us. He's a mod monster uh he's been and he dropped some weight recently so that's could be promising for for anybody that picks up that guy he's 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 a solid player um but you know again a lot of guys playing um i think grant may be on mute <laughs> Sorry. I, I, saw you t- I saw you talking i said buddy but but mickey's mickey's, oh, mickey's not that hasn't dropped any age no, he oh, not. well, that's a hard thing to drop, unfortunately. Well. Hides his way to age well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, it's, you know, so, so looking forward to that. Hopefully, Bermuda Tens kicks off. And then finally, the third one for me, um, and you, there'll be more coming out here in the next couple of days from, from what I've done. Um, I've had a great conversation with Sam Harris and Mark Gerard. Um, follow, you know, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or on Amazon podcast, which we're on now, by the way, gentlemen, in case you didn't know that, um, oh and, yeah, I know Big we're, time. Every, we're everywhere, <laughs> uh, only because this podcast piggybacks onto the Austin rugby podcast channel. <laughs> Cause you know, no one's paying us to do this. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's kind of like the way I like to visit Austin. I don't want to live there, but I don't mind visiting. <laughs> I don't mind visiting. <laughs> uh, Dang. But yeah, it's um, everybody it, hates it's the Mopac. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Sorry, get me started on that one. Right? Um, but yeah, it's you know it'll be it's it's going to be on the podcast, so they'll probably run simultaneously you know, sequentially. You'll get either this one first and the Austin Rugby Podcast second, or you'll get this one second and the Austin Rugby Podcast first. So if you're listening to both, go back and listen to it. It's a great interview. We talked a lot about you know one just them coming into the team where they're from a lot of experience, um, how they know each other. Uh, Sam Harris, probably one of the top up and coming coaches around. Like he did really well with Honda heat. He's coached the, the, Ringo, the we're, we're Ringo rats um, and did some great stuff there. Um, we now have three Waringa rat coaches in the MLR. If you case you didn't know that, uh, if you go all the way out to uh, the LA Giltinis uh, as well. And that's the last we'll talk about teams outside the state of texas uh, <laughs> um but other than that you know they're, they're looking to play a really good style of rugby um they want to play open but they want to play controlled uh sam with his kind of rugby league background really wants to focus on defense you know we gave up a lot of points in the past couple of seasons and we tend to give up points early a lot of points early and we're always kind of fighting back um especially you know like anything like last year against houston gave up a ton of points early and had to fight back and eventually won, but you know, we had to do that. I had to throw that one in there too. Sorry, Grant. Uh, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, what's that? It is what it is. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take him when I can yeah. get him, man. It was the first win in six in like 16, 17 matches. I don't know too many matches. Um, but the guys, you know, they're, they're, they're really looking forward to building something similar to what you guys have started at rugby HTX in Houston. And that was great to hear, you know, they're already talking with Tane and talking with Adam, with the Huns and the blacks down here about getting team, getting things organized. They, you know, they want to be out at the matches and watch the local teams. And so uh, that's one of the things I think Brent Simmons and, and Anderson Yola did last year that when we kind of, when I was kind of helping out with the team along with Todd, um, clever and, and Paul Santinelli, like we all, that was kind of the goal. It's like, Hey, let's, let's get out with the local clubs. Let's be involved. That's what it's all about. Um, and it's a big thing, right? That's how we grow the game. And that's how we build these, you know, academies and we build these, you know, centers of excellence, if you will. And so talking with them, that's kind of been a big thing for, for us, you know, to want to know as, as fans. Um, and the answer was, yes, we're working on it and it will be headed up by Mark Gerard. 
Uh, so you're getting, you know, a multi multi time, you know, Wallaby 797 uh, is going to be heading up a, a center, you know, the center of excellence, you know, academy, whatever you want to call it here, along with uh, Mason Herring, who, again, Mason, we, if, if you're around Texas rugby, you know, Mason, he's a great dude and just just, you know, wants to help promote rugby as much as possible, you know, from the coaching side. So um, that's all for the stuff in Austin. Other than that, we haven't had much. Uh, <laughs> they, they wouldn't gonna, they wouldn't gonna miss Brett Sim- some Brent of the Simmons, signings man. that I have been trying to confirm or deny. Man, I I, I will miss Brent. Uh, Brent was great. Um, he is he's a stellar dude and always treated me with kindness and treat everybody with kindness. Uh, you know, Mick burn, you know, Mick was great. He came on the podcast last year. So, um, we'll miss them for sure. Um, but, but I do think that Sam and Mark have the approach that, that we all, that that is going to continue kind of that same approach that, that Andrew and Brent had, um, and, and continue saying, you know, we're, it's all about family. Um, you know, we're, talking about you know once they get here going out for barbecue and you know wives meeting up and things like that saying uh they, they, they commented on my they come into my my age thinking that i was much younger than i was when in fact mark and i are the same age so uh that was that's kind of nice uh yeah but um but other than that yeah that's all that's all the things in austin well so so in houston so, uh, well, just uh, just before I go into Houston, tell you, you know, one of the great things I, I got to do last year was uh, sit next to Brent Simmons during the uh, Sabercats Raptors match. Uh, he he came up he came up and sat next to me. He and the I can't remember the guy's name that was the assistant coach and the the video analyst that y'all had, but uh, he came up and sat to me and we got to talk the game about got to talk that whole game about rugby. He's a uh, I love for love talking to guys like that and getting a new look at what they're what you know what they see on the field. So we, that's why I say Brent's yeah. going to be missed. Well, he had he had so so much experience, yeah, so much experience coaching and building up young players, building them into the you know yeah. uh, the the academy down there in Auckland. I mean, and that is you know that's that's great, and, and that's kind of what we need more of people like that in the U and the U.S you know, coaching these club level teams and college level teams, more people like Brent that it can, you know, build up the kids when they're younger. And that's, I think will be his, his, again, rugby knowledge. He's been doing it for a long time. (laughs) So it's, it's through the roof. The same with McBurn. So wish them best. Again, I don't know what's where, where they'll they'll go next. Uh, Same with like Andrew Sinula. Like I know he's actually playing for the Asia Pacific dragons. So (laughs) uh, good luck to Andrew playing over there in Bermuda. Um, But yeah. Okay, now 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 on to so my three Mr. things Cole, the salt the sultry voice my three things uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about some ground that's been broken at Aviva Rugby Complex. I'm going to talk about uh, cat signings, re-signings, and some notable players on the Rugby HDX roster, and then I'm going to talk about uh, something that the Arrows Rugby uh, Club here in Houston is doing that I think is pretty special uh, when it comes to growing r- rugby. So, uh, first off, ground has been broken north, broken north of the training field one at Aviva Rugby Complex. So, if you look at the, if you look at it from uh, Bing Maps, don't look at it on Google Maps because they haven't updated it. But if, <laughs> but if you look at it on Bing Maps, um, <laughs> you'll see the updated training field number one is the one in the middle, and just north of that, they've broken ground for a weight room at the Aviva Rugby Complex. And additionally, it looks to be about a, I'd say about a 5,000 square foot uh, building, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, and then uh, the training fields, it's supposed to be two feet, uh, two stories tall, and it'll have uh, offices. They'll be moving their offices from down in the Galleria area to there eventually. So they say it's gonna take about two, maybe three months to build. So it should be ready sometime in February. Uh, additionally, they've completely, they've finished the fence around the whole complex. So the training fields are now completely fenced in at the stadium, as well as the stadium with the same eight foot fence. It looks really nice out there right now. Um, nice. So, so yeah, we're kind of excited about that. Uh, I know that the rugby HTX players see it and they're excited. I mean, they get excited just being able to practice in the stadium. So that's a big deal to them. So. Um, re-signings for the Cats mm. over the last month, uh, Val Lilo, Diego Fortuny, and Nicholas Silveria. 
uh, all three props they've been resigned, and then Zach Godfrey, the wing, the little ginger wing from uh, Britain, <laughs> has been resigned. We call him the Ginge. So, is, is that the is that the official name? The, uh, the, the ginger, ginger wing. wing. Yes. The ginge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, good kid. He's uh he he was on the he was selected to the US U twenties last year, but didn't get to play due to COVID. But uh, yeah, and he's still under twenty, so he can still be selected for it this year. So um, yeah, we've got we've That's got good. actually three uh, players in the loop uh, that can go to the U20s team, and we think all three of them will. So going to be pretty good man that's yeah fantastic. and that's that's something that we're really trying to focus on is is getting uh, the younger players so that's the cats resigning i mean nothing really uh spectacular there because we kind of knew they were coming back but you know those three solid props and uh with the other uh front row signings we've already had that that's going to give us a really solid returning front row coming back uh, this into this year and that that kind of continuity is important um, former MLR players that are on the rugby HTX roster. So this is interesting. We have 12 former MLR players, people who have uh, guys who have played in the MLR somewhere before, even if it's only one game, they still have played in the MLR. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they have, yeah, that. They have Does that include preseason match. Uh, with one of them yes but uh he did yeah i was gonna say with max with yeah with one of them but uh with the rest of them no so uh aaron cummins from new england free jacks it was a new england free jacks flanker alex mcdonald was a prop at rooney uh former saber cats uh andres diaz cj burke and connor mills and joe kelly are are on the rugby hdx team so they have that experience of being with the saber cats already so they bring a lot of the saber cats experience to the team uh john ray who was a utility back at new orleans gold max wilson uh he's one of our under 20s he's a lock that's with the say that has played with the saber cats before he played in this preseason game i think he actually got on the bench for actual season match, but didn't get in the game. So, uh, Najee Bassoon, who is, has been contracted to Rooney and to Austin elite. Uh, he's a wing, but we are actually trying to convert him to scrum half. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and he's, he's, his, yeah, he's getting the mechanics down really well. We think that with his size, he'll uh, he'll actually transition better to scrum half and have a better opportunity. And, you know, we've got Trace Bolstead here uh, from who who has two national championships with UM Duluth. So he, they've got a really good uh, mentor when it comes to scrum half teaching. And Trace is all about making sure the guys that we're we're transitioning into the scrum half role have all the tools they need to uh, to get there. And then about once a week, uh, Devet uh, comes out and uh, practices with us, and he works with those guys as well. So uh, Patrick Donovan and Ciala Maka, both of whom were at uh, Glendale. Uh, Patrick's a uh, prop hooker. Uh, uh, if you don't, he's he went to LU Belleville, Lindenwood oh, Belleville, yeah. uh, was recruited by Pat Clifton there. And uh, so he's called, his nickname's the Albino Rhino. <laughs> I love, I love ring. We've got some great nicknames. (laughs) And and I don't know if you've ever seen Ciala Maka play, but uh, the guy is a hammer looking for a nail. All right. I mean, that's, that's about all there. That's about the only thing I could say. He is a hammer looking for a nail (laughs) and he's, he plays center and wing. Will Crawford rounds out the bunch uh, from Nola gold. He's a lock and a flanker and we call him the big ginge. So, so <laughs> you have two I, I thought you weren't supposed to have two gingers on the team at one time <laughs> yeah if they're both playing at the same time doesn't the world like invert dude, dude, like, dude, what we happens? Have, the rugby htx has four gingers listen sorry i almost fell on my no, chair we, we, no, we, no, no yeah. wonder hurricanes come yeah. towards so, so often and i have talked about this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Paul and I talked about that. you know potentially playing all. F- We've talked about potentially playing all four of them at the same time, so we can suck the souls of all the That's uh, like of the opponent. streams. Yeah, <laughs> I was saying, I was saying, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were going to like a Guinness Book of World Records for the most gingers playing on a team at one time. 
<laughs> uh, there's got to be an Irish team somewhere Except that's the, set that's, that record. That's, that's probably true. That's probably no, there's a, it's, a, it's actually a, an English team. There's an English rugby team that puts together a ginger team for uh, for a uh, touring side every year. Oh, man. The Great British And they do gingers. a little tour of England. I, I remember reading about that in Rugby Magazine back when. Wow. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. So, Arrows Rugby. Back in- um the 1800s. Arrows Rugby is an interesting study. There are D3... <laughs> Arrows Rugby is a D3, D4 men's club that is down here in Houston. And they're basically... And this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is not theirs. Okay. This is how I describe them. The rugby team for the Knights of Columbus. Okay. Uh, I'm, 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 I don't know how we're going to go with that one, but I'm ready to hear more. <laughs> if you're tracking, if, if, you're, if you're tracking anyway, you know, and, and we'll, we'll probably try to have Blake Peller in their president on yeah. sooner or later to talk about arrows. Cause they're really an interesting uh, rugby club to talk to and to talk about, uh, even though they're D three, D four. So they have this thing called player scholarships and they never turn anyone away because of financial hardship. So if somebody wants to play and they have some kind of financial hardship, which, you know, in this time of COVID, we all kind of have some sort of financial hardship, right? Yeah. They have a lot of well-heeled players that support membership in the club by ensuring that the dues are paid for those guys that want to play that are, but are in need. Nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. They don't want they don't want money to be the reason that's turned somebody away from rugby. So I thought that was very interesting. I know it's not MLR stuff, but uh, you know when it comes to yeah, when you talk about growing rugby, that's one of those things that wow, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty important, right? Well, I I I think that you know we we always say what's our top three things. It doesn't yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be MLR. That's you know, and if there's stuff like that that's going on yeah. in Texas right now, man, let's. I'm all for promoting stuff like that. That that's fantastic to hear. And I've I've actually discussed when I was the VP of operations for the Quins um, for several years, a little while back. Um, one of the discussions that we had was creating scholarships for players, um, and that would include you know a job opportunity with uh, obviously an old boy of the club and having their dues paid. Uh, via scholarship so instead of just having uh, chase around money right from individual people you actually just build scholarships and every year the old boys put money into the scholarship fund nice anyway um so i say it's up to, up to rick now <laughs> bring us home rick yeah, yeah so um i i do have some pretty big news i'm not nah. gonna lie with the uh dallas jackals so um I can, I think I can actually announce one of these players pretty sure since I want to go back. You were um, complaining last time you had nothing. You were so upset that they hadn't said everything. And then all of a sudden, I know like the next day, I know same with Austin's doom, 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 doom. Just like, just throw everything out at you. <laughs> so here, here come the Fijians. I'm not sure what this is all about, but we've signed three Fijians in the last three weeks. Um, Tuidraki, Samu Samovodre, fly half, um, who's actually uh, listed on the national team as uh, one of two fly halves uh, for the Fijian national team. So um, he he looks like a very good player from video I've seen. Um, And I, I, we needed a fly half. That was, I mean, right. We've been talking about how um, we've been loading up everywhere, especially front row, but where was the playmaker? Um, and so now they've got a playmaker. Um, not only do they have a playmaker fly half that they brought in, they brought in two other Fijians at playmaker positions. Uh, John Vasurakuta, nice. uh, center wing. Um, he says he's probably a 13, uh, but he can play uh, really anywhere in the in the back three as well. Um, so wouldn't be surprised to see him at, at different positions, depending on uh, who else they bring in. Um, and then uh, Joseph Teki, uh, the guy, um, a fullback, um, also Fijian. Um, all three are young. Um, not surprising. Um, Tuiraki is 22. The guy is 22. And John, I think, is 20 or 21. Um, so three young Fijians. I don't know if we're going to be, you know, team Fiji 
uh, east if you're looking at the globe one way or Team PG West if you're looking at the globe from another direction. Uh, so but shaping out uh, just announcing all three in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, as you know, I've talked about before about the Jackals, uh, super dynamic players. Yeah. Um, I think also surprisingly good defenders. Uh, so one of the things we haven't really seen uh, from a lot of the players that they brought in was, um, you know, really dynamic defensive players. Um, a lot of it's just dynamic offensive play. Uh, all three of these players are very good defensive players um, and attack style defenders. Nice. They're going to rush up. They make hits and they bring guys to the ground and they get over the ball quickly uh, from what I've seen. Uh also, we brought in two Rooney front rowers. We brought in Mike Brown hooker uh, and Will Burke tighthead prop. So I heard from uh, somebody within the Rooney uh, fanship that uh, Will is not really as much a tighthead prop as a as a hooker, but everything else I've heard is he, he will play tighthead. Um, and I, I don't know that he starts at tighthead, uh, with Feliti in there, but um, everything I've watched of him when he's played, um, he's been as good at, uh, in the scrums as whoever he's come up against, um, if not better. So uh, there's depth there at the minimum. I think, you know, he's a young guy. It's possible he ends up being the starter depending on, um, you know, what they want to do uh, with the front row. And then Mike Brown, uh, a super dynamic open field um, hooker. Um, he has a good line out. Um, I think they're really disappointed. The fanship there and Rooney that they didn't bring him back yeah. uh, because he was, he no, was such a good player uh, and young player behind uh, the butcher behind Fawcett. But um, I think he, he just couldn't get the minutes uh, that they needed to get him. Uh, and it sounds like they're probably going to bring in somebody else. Um, and so Dallas just got lucky that he was available. So a really good hooker. Now that does give us three hookers, which is an interesting issue. You made this comment last um, time. And I think we talked you're, you're, about your uh, team full of hookers. That this really makes it sound like Chad is going to end up moving to the back row. And uh, we, we've said it before. I, I think, you know, maybe it's time for him to do that. Um, that you know, especially with Malcolm, uh, James Malcolm up there, and Mike and uh, Mike Brown, that yeah, he moves to the back row. He can be you know in a more dynamic position there. He's a great tackler, so wouldn't be totally surprised to see that happen. Now it seems kind of an obvious move for him. Uh, and then the third item. So I had the Fijians, the Roosters, the Rooney Roosters. And then the third big announcement was Christian Rodriguez uh, coming in from Lindenwood. Um, he was a sevens, I would say, um, more like a fly half center for them. Um, but in 15s, he's a scrum half and incredibly dynamic player. Um, a little bit undersized, but it, it just doesn't look like it when you watch him play yeah. on the field. He played with, with especially Wesley. even at the USA U20s level. Yeah. He played. Yeah, I mean, he he looks incredible. That, that team that Lindenwood had, that seven team with Wes and uh, who else did they have on there? They quite a few different players that were on that team. Like they're solid team. And Christian, I mean, half half of that team was uh, USA All American, yeah. I think. Yeah. Dustin. Isn't isn't Christian out of Westlake High School? He is. So I, he's another Aaron Cahoon I, scrum half. Which I, you see those things everywhere. I think he. Is. I don't. I actually don't remember where really? Christian's out of. Wow. I don't know if he is for sure. I I, I okay. cannot well, confirm I, I, that. I'm just trying to remember. I don't know off yeah, the top I, I of my head. Remember. But that yeah, also. I don't know off the top of my head. That also gives us three scrum halves. So, <laughs> so you're gonna, um, you can get, you're going to hook the ball back and you got three people and, to kick it to. And I, <laughs> so um, I think, as I mentioned kind of before, um, I thought, you know, Christian Rodriguez probably doesn't come in and start. I mean, he, he's a guy, a dynamic guy to come off the bench. Um, and you have uh, Denison, I think, is probably the starter at this moment. And Junio, I think, maybe is a utility back if he doesn't spend another year with the Quins. Yep. So I, 
there's some interesting things there. You know, being able to use the Quins and the Reds as kind of um, um, development teams um, is going to help. But we haven't heard of any structure um, from the Jackals confirming that. So right now, you're just looking at they have three scrum halves. You know, they need three scrum halves for depth. Right, but you you're not going to carry three scrum halves on your on your roster for a game. So um, it's a, it'll be very interesting to see what the jackals do because there's been no combines, there's been no practices. Players have been told to play where they can, uh, which means that there are, yeah. will be sightings, and there have been sightings of jackals <laughs> playing uh, with other clubs. <laughs> Stop nodding, Grant. <laughs> and, you didn't say anything, Grant. Um, I didn't say anything. I saw him nodding. So I, I think it's going to be really about. interesting. We're, we're really <laughs> shut down here because of COVID, and the Jackals are being very, very conservative about their approach to this season. Um, but it, my feeling is by mid-November, they got to get going uh, one way or another. They're going to have to start – Something. I'd say most people um, be full time training at least until January ish for the league. I would assume January, yeah. but they've got to get players um, to the facility yeah. um, out onto fields, uh, you know, for preseason stuff. So it it's got to happen. I, I am curious as how it's going to happen because right now there is no training field, right? I mean, in Austin you have. Um, um, a multitude of training fields, right? Uh, in Houston, you've got your own facility. Uh, right now, with Globe Life um, Park, there is only the game yeah. field. There is no practice facility there. So, where are they going to practice? To be That's determined. A good question to have you come back with an answer next month. <laughs> mm. There may be an yeah, answer right. next month. Right. And maybe be hinting nice. at something. <laughs> is that is that all you got? Is that everything going in Dallas? That's all I got for uh, MLR Dallas. Nice. Yeah, with the Jackals. So, yeah. uh, I don't know, let's real quick touch upon. I mean, there's just. A, Do we need to go for it? Oh, I was going to say let's uh, let's quickly move on to some club stuff, some TRE yeah, stuff. That's what I was going to say. Quick. Like, there's not a lot to talk about, but. Um, yeah, I heard you got some club news. That yeah, what, what's, some, what's going on in the club news? We do. So uh, I'll, I'll jump into it real quick. I know. Uh, so Dark is moving up to D2, D3 with Alliance moving down. Alliance accepted that, uh, surprisingly. Uh, I know they've been really pushing hard um, to have three clubs. And apparently uh, that hadn't quite worked out. Uh, they have a great coaching staff. I've met all their coaches. Um, I don't doubt that they'll be back. Yeah. Um, so they're not going to stay down for long, uh, but this is a great opportunity for Dark uh, to move up and play a little bit higher level than they have in the past. And Gordon Hanlon is is back in the saddle over yeah. there. Uh, so our past uh, interviewee, our, our first ever interviewee, um, back in the saddle at Dark. Uh, good to see him <laughs> back involved. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I can uh, also so say Reds, that uh, Gord- yeah, Gordon and I have. Uh, scheduled a match uh, between rugby HTX and dark for the 9th of January. It's tentative based on return to play protocols, but it would be the opening match at the rugby gardens in Wiley, Texas. So, oh, right. very nice. Nice. Yeah. We've been uh, actually, I could jump into SMU real quick since um, my comment would be that he has invited us to come out to do some uh, training on um uh, tech and uh, data analysis with him at the new facility. And we're excited to go do that. Cool. So um, as of this year, um, right after I would literally two days after um, our last um, show, um, I offered the head coaching position to Usani Iwa and he is accepted. So he is the new men's head coach at SMU. Um, I'm stepping back to just awesome. be director of rugby so I can focus on some um, uh, bigger things. And um, he will have assistant coach Didi Massey, backs coach Laron Hughes Sims from the Reds. Um, he will also have skills coach Nick Markowski, um, adjunct coach Matt, uh, Matt Frings, um, who is also a coach with the Quins. 
and is also a signed player for the Jackals. <laughs> and so he's keeping uh, busy. It's a, it's um, we also idea. have women's head coach um, <laughs> Louisa Alexandria, and we have assistant coach Robin Bradley. Uh, so a mix of Quins and Reds uh, players and coaches um, at SMU. That is a full staff. Yeah. Um, I've had other people has to come on. I don't know why they want to coach at SMU, but I, I've had to uh, pass them on to other coaches, uh, but we're happy with the staff that we have right yeah. now. Um, also in Dallas, um, I did uh, find out the coaching staffs for both of our D1 clubs, the Reds and the Quins. The Reds will have director of rugby, uh, Phil Coopins, uh, head coach Stuart Morrison, Tashay Flowers as an assistant, and Mickey Patterson as an assistant. And, of course, they have a bunch of other assistant coaches um, along with the women's team as well. Uh, the Quins have Danny Carlton coming uh, back, and he will be the head coach uh, this year after being the assistant coach last year under Elaine Vassie. Um, assistant coaches Jimmy Jewison, uh, Michael Engelbrick, otherwise known as Molly. Uh, and Matt Frings as assistant coaches for the men's. And Ben Heenan will be taking over the women uh, from myself, yeah. who helped uh, finish out the season this last year for the Quinn's women. Uh, so that's what it's looking like for the two D1 clubs up here. Um, also, for high school rugby, uh, Shane Meek, I spoke to him briefly. Uh, he's the Allen High School head coach. He said it looks like they're going to be trying to play um, only local matches, uh, with a short playoff in the spring, um, they're still on hold until Texas goes to level four. Yeah. Um, so y'all may be aware that that's kind of the situation probably for your high schools yeah, as well. Yeah, I think it's the same. I think, And that's what I've got in the Dallas area. Pretty much with that, like as of right now, we're still not playing. <laughs> Nothing has changed in TRU as far as you know, starting back up. I think there's been further explorations into options for starting back up as in the pre in the last uh, meeting uh, notes that were released, uh, but nothing is confirmed of now. Um, I did read that, you know, and they were looking to compare like the NCAA football rapid testing. I was like, I, I, I find that very difficult. Um, and we are not the NCAA as much as we would love to be the NCAA or at least uh, SEC or big 12 or whatever conference you want to, I, I would even, choose the you know like the sunbelt conference at this point um but it's one of those things where we're just not there yet and i think it's you know again cases continue to go up again so um it, it is what it is and we'll continue to to go on uh any any last things um tru related um you know, if if you watch or listen to this and you are a club member at any club around the great state of Texas, please reach out to one of us. And, man, we'd love to, like, you know, say, hey, what's going on in your club? If you're in El Paso or anything like that and, you know, you play or if you're all the way down in Corpus yeah, Christi. Yeah, we'll mention your club, mention you yeah. on our show. Yeah, for sure. We don't have any gear or swag to give you. <laughs> no, nor, nor no it, not like other not shows uh, nor does anybody uh, want any gear swag from us <laughs> no uh, game one done so all right well if if here we go i'll send off yeah, my hat next mail <laughs> uh we Speaking of that, I'll, 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 I'll drop this real quick um, of hats and giveaway gear. Uh, stay tuned to the Austin Rugby Podcast as we may have some old Austin Herd gear that we may uh, raffle off for charity. So Nice. Yeah, nice. I know, right? Everybody loves that stuff. Um, all right. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have our wonderful, talented, one of the best refs in the country. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Grant Cole. I got Dustin Zara, Rick Collins here with me again, and we've joined by Kat Roche. She's our TRA <laughs> referee in the USA. <laughs> and uh, so we're so we're really glad to have her on. And uh, Kat, welcome aboard to Texas Rugby Monthly. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Am I supposed to say more? I'm excited to be in this. No, no, no. <laughs> it's my it's my room. I mean, no, no, it's just it's your web space. <laughs> so one thing, you know, one thing I'm, I want to know is uh, we've had some issues having enough referees in the north in the past couple of years, maybe three or four years. 
you're you've obviously moved up there to help address that as well as chase a job. Uh, what other things are going on to help change that dynamic up there? Um, so I do want to say referee shortage is an issue around the world. There's not enough referees. There's not enough people that want a referee. It is less of an issue in other countries where the population is closer together. So New Zealand, England, UK, there's a lot of people in one space. Um, so you only have to go 30 minutes for a game. Obviously in this country, it's harder because especially in Texas, you're three hours drive from the closest city. So it's not just like a Texas problem. It's not just a Dallas problem. It's a worldwide problem. It's a referee problem. Um, one of the things that we're really trying to push is having the different leagues play on different days. So one of the things I have been trying to work with the youth about is like have youth games on Sundays, have high school games on Sundays, because if you have all of that on Sundays, all of your players, your club players on Saturday can then go ref a game on Sunday. Um, one of the things we've had, and especially in the Dallas area is every single game is one o'clock on a Saturday. And no matter how many player referees you get, they're playing at one o'clock on a Saturday. So you can't have them go ref a game. Um, we've had people play and then ref the game afterward. Uh, we've had people drive from a nine 30 AM kickoff to go AR one o'clock game to go ref a three 30 PM game. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's hard, <laughs> like it's, it's a full Saturday. So we're, we're trying to make it a bit more accessible so people can play and ref, you know, they don't have to pick one or the other. Um, some of the little things we're doing, we have, if, if you are an active player and referee in the TRU and TRA, you get 50% off your TRA dues. Uh, for the entire season, we have a couple clubs who are also willing to sponsor their players full dues for the TRA. So I know the Dallas Reds did pay for three or four of their players dues last year. So we got some things working. <laughs> I mean, it's good that things are, are working. My question is, why do you think, I mean, we know that there's a shortage and this has been forever i mean i remember you know 15 20 years ago playing and nobody could go ref and you had to find some random guy who just finished a match or decided not to play and would kind of fill in um what are, what do you think people need to be doing or why there's such a the best word to describe is why there's such a drought of referees and people who don't want to just say hey i'm not going to go play anymore i'd rather just i'm going to ref what do you think needs to happen and why do you think that isn't happening well I would say refereeing one is hard. It's not an easy job. It's not something it's not, it's not easy. It's not something you can do and not be great at and be like, that's okay. I'm having a fun time because if you're not great at it, somebody's yelling at you and you're like, I'm not having a fun time. So it's hard. Even if you're great at it, people are still yelling at you. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So it's not easy. And that's something, I mean, rugby's not easy, but if you're not great at it and you mess up, you've got a whole team that's like, ah, that's okay. We all mess up. You're doing great by being out here. And I've never heard that as a ref, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, the second thing is I think referees kind of goes with that. Um, the people that want to be referees are pretty weird. You know, we're, we're weird people. Um, <laughs> there but so you're already looking at like a weird group of people that are like yeah that sounds like fun and so <laughs> not everyone's yeah. weird enough yeah, to ref yeah. my, my first my first uh referee kangaroo court i had a glass of wine poured over the top of whoa 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 don't need to spill our secrets what are you doing <laughs> spill oh ha 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 um I see what she, see what she did there. She came in. She's already throwing. Like, that's a. <laughs> I I just think it's like we 
we are an eclectic group. I mean, I was 20 years old refereeing, hanging out with 40 year old men that were refereeing. And I was like, these are my best friends, <laughs> you know, and make as many jokes as you want. They were, were it's just friends, but like, <laughs> that's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's not every 20 year olds. But, but that's, I, I, I want to, I want to talk uh, about that because I mean, you are, you know, you're a female referee. You, you ref men's D one in Texas. You ref everything in Texas. You're also MLR. Um, I mean, the question for me is how did you get to that point? What made you as a 20 year old decide that you cat wanted to become a rugby referee and, and stop playing rugby because I assume you played prior yeah, to. So I played for six years. Um, I actually took the course because I thought it would make me a better player because I figured if I know the law, I'll probably be good at playing. So <laughs> That's where the weird start right That's there. That's the weird start. I was like, ah, oh, if I know what I'm doing, I mean. Um, and... It was great. I mean, I had fun at the course and then I was like, awesome, I'll play. And this is local society. I was in North Carolina at the time and they were like, nah, we scheduled you to a tournament. You should come. And it was a college men's tournament. And I just went out there and I was like, no idea what I'm doing. I called a knock on against a team that didn't have a ball. I mean, in my defense, they were both wearing the same color jerseys. So it like looked, but you know, and I just, I liked the challenge of it because I wasn't immediately good at it. And I like to learn. Um, and then I, Moving from that, I ref I refed the whole summer instead of playing sevens. I was like, I'll ref. And then I came back to my team. And that, an important thing to note is I'm super competitive, uh, whether it be Scrabble or running or I whatever it is, eating. I eat really quickly because I want to beat the person next to me. I... <laughs> Again, we, t- we, t- we talk about these ment- mental things up here. They keep going Good off. luck. Mental good things. luck beating me at an eating competition. I mean, let's go. Let's go get some wings. I'm in. Five minutes, I'm out. Oh, man. This ought to be five fun. minutes and I'm out. <laughs> but uh, I'm super competitive. Monthly has turned into Texas eating monthly. Hey, so I don't want to hear it from anybody. I mean, we got hot dog eating. Do you think you've got it? Let's bring it on. <laughs> I had a quick question. Uh, was there anybody who was really influential early on for you in, you know, not only becoming a ref, but making that next step to, you know, refing MLR, you know, biggest, the highest level you could ref at? Was there somebody um, who, who really There's a lot of people. Um, Amanda Cox was my referee coach for the first two and a half years of my career. And she was the person that at that first tournament was like, you have a ton of potential. You can do a lot of really good things if you put the effort in. Um, and I always remember that. I mean, remember where we're sitting in the chairs beneath the tent pitch was in front of me. And And if you've ever had that little woman with that purple hair pointing at you and telling you, you've got it. It's, it's like, You've got it and you just don't know it, but you better believe her or else you're going to (laughs) die. Well, and so it's funny because then I remember the Stellenbosch scholarship that the USA put on. I remember seeing Amelia Luciano got it the first year and Emily Shea got it the year before, you know, when I was thinking about it. And I looked at them and I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, and so I was kind of I've been doing that my whole career. And right now it's really Amelia, who's a great friend of mine. Sorry, I just dropped a pen. Um, <laughs> she's she's a great friend of mine and she is just like right in front of me. And so I play this super aggressive game of like, I want to be better than her. I want her to be the best in the world. And then I want to be better than her. So. I, she she inspires the heck out of me. I mean, honestly, I just. <laughs> so that's good to hear. Um, you know, Kara Wilson's a coach at Duke basketball, right? And she talks about yeah. the difference between working hard and competing. And I think that that is something we can say here that maybe sets you apart. 
because you're always competing if, if, if not against yourself, against somebody else. And, and that's pretty, it's, that's an interesting thing to talk about with referees is how do you get to that next level and, and what are you looking at to get there? And that competitive drive of yours is probably has a lot to do with what makes you the level of referee you are with the, with the attitude you have on the field. Probably has something to do with it. I, I mean, I want to be the best and I'm willing to put in the effort because I really, really want to be the best. Um, <laughs> I think that's really admirable. Like, I mean, obviously high, high competition, you know, you, you have a high competition rate Like you I, be the best at everything, eating, whatever, you know, but at, at rugby and, and being a ref in, in your, in your field to be the best, you have to continue to work hard and, you know, you're getting rated and you're getting scored on how well you're doing on so many different levels. What's it, what was it like? I, I guess your first, your first MLR match, like, what was that like? And do you get rated for every match that you've done, even if you're, you're the head, you know, head rep or if you're an AR? My first, so I actually like jumped onto the MLR scene as a like total sideline. I was managing the subs and I was super excited to be there. And I mean, that was what three, four years ago when it started with my first year, I was like, yeah, I'm on the sideline. I'm, I'm here. I'm important. And then when I started ARing, I just remember because it was always in Austin. There's always people out there and they were always yelling at me because they'd see me and they'd be like, oh, it's Kat. It's Kat. And I was like, keep my cool. <laughs> I'm focused. I am in the zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely made a ton of mistakes and there's nothing like getting called out for not running fast enough and missing a forward pass. And like you see yourself on the screen and you're just like lazy running, but you don't do that again. That's the thing. You'll always mess up once and that's fine, but don't do the same thing again. Um, yeah. I think the, I mean, first MLR ish game I did in the middle was the only one was the preseason, um, the Austin blacks mm -hmm. against the hey, newly named Gilgronies. So I was the first one to ref them as the Gilgronies and the first one to ref them in their new stadium, which was trivia. Here we come. Wow. There you go. Cause they were rebranded like two weeks before. Look at those. You were the first ref to look at those jerseys and vomit. No, they no, actually no, wore no, super they, cool herd jerseys. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they were wearing the herd jerseys. Match, they, okay. No, well, no, no. It wasn't the herd jersey. It was the special edition military jersey that was red, oh, black, and right. blue. Yeah. That we created. I said that we created because I was a part of that. That we created for what was eventually supposed to be the San Antonio match, where they did have the, mm. the military jerseys, but they were white, gray, and orange. So, but the but the herd jerseys, those military ones, were. They were so cool. Damn it. They were so cool. Yeah, you mentioned <laughs> yes. you mentioned your first rugby gig being a, a college tournament in North Carolina. Where was that at in North Carolina? Uh, Boone. It was Ruck, uh, Rucktoberfest, but it was when it was so, in the spring, it was Ruck Aprilfest. That was my first rugby refereeing tournament. Was it? I wow. was really? I was the coach of Appalachian State in uh, 1994, 95. And, uh, yeah, it was 94, 95 year. And I, that was my first, uh, the first tournament, uh, or the first time I ever refereed was at that. And then that following weekend I was at Skillback doing a, a B side match. So yeah. Rucktoberfest was where most of the new referees got their, got their footing. It was a fun one. I played in yeah, it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, played that canyon there, there where the, where where the, the, where the, the field all the fields were. were. Yeah, I always liked field four because it was super narrow and we had a big forwards team, so yep. we liked it. Who did you play for? NC State. NC State. Okay. Yep. Yep. Played UNC. You know Naya Tapper? Played against her for three years. Wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> just make sure they don't get the Chase ball to her. Around. That's all you have to do. Not good. <laughs> just as fast back then too, so cat <laughs> I, I you know we, i, I kind of have i have one more question that i think that that i want to ask i don't know if anybody else has another question but i i think what i'd like to know is 
you know, you can be seen, you know, as, as a female refing in MLR right now, as a female being in front of all these big burly men who are, you know, super aggressive and testosterone running through their bodies. But what is it that you would like to say to the younger females? Because, you know, I, I think having more female refs is, is important um, you know, for all across the board. Uh, you know, you look at what's happening over in Australia in rugby union and rugby league that's happening where female refs are becoming, you know, the head refs at the top level of a competition. What do you say to the younger female generation who's maybe, you know, rugby player, but maybe wants to do something along the lines of, of becoming a ref? How, what would you want to say? Um, do it. First of all, I mean, it's the most incredible experience I've ever had. I think it's taught me so much about self-confidence. And I mean, I'm a pretty confident person to start, but we actually talked about this on our, our webinar last night. Every time I go to a men's game, I walk up and I see their faces just say, Oh, this we have a girl roughing our game and in that moment i'm like yeah and in 10 minutes you're gonna be happy i'm here so it's just like you can do it even if you just think you can rough men's games it's just go out there be confident first 10 minutes prove that you belong out there because you do just as much as they do and yeah make everyone know i did have a quick question like you're refereeing MLR and Division One, do you have another goal in the next couple of years? Maybe roughing, you know, on Seven Series or World Cup or just an international match? Well, so it, it's hard. When I started, my like first goal, first big dream, I want to ref at a Rugby World Cup. Um. The only issue is I can only put so much in. I don't control my selections. So it that's not my choice to ref at a World Cup. So I just have to be happy with whatever I get. And, you know, I'm thrilled to be part of the MLR. I've been a part of a couple women's test matches. If that's all I get for whatever reason, I'm happy with that. But... I mean, yeah, I, w I would love to ref a Women's World Cup. It's been a dream of mine for six years. But So it's time to begin the Cat Roche from the USA goes to the World Cup. Hashtag? That's hashtag. a huge hashtag. I'm, <laughs> yeah, but you'll notice it. You'll see it and be like, oh, I know what that is. It'll be like 40 You do it like three times and then Instagram saves your hashtag. It's fine. It's a camp. It's a campaign. We're ready to roll on it. <laughs> so, you can you can come up with a shorter hashtag as long. I, we, we can, as long as as long as your name's in it. Roche USA, twenty twenty five. R W R W yeah, whatever. <laughs> I think I think we can get traction. Well, we'll, we'll get it. We'll work, we'll work on it. We'll send it to to those far and wide. Um. Well, Dustin Grant, is in marketing, so he's the guy to to set that up for you. On it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Grant, do you have any any final questions for Cat? Oh no, I mean she's been very forthcoming and really love to have you on here, Cat, and uh, glad to see your moving on to bigger things and, and uh, glad to have you at the helm with the TRA this year. Thank you. I'm like, excited. One of your, uh, one of, one of your, uh, one of your members. Yeah. I mean, Hey, as soon as we get back to rugby, I'm going to actually do stuff. So, uh, yeah. It's, we, we didn't even mention that cat is the new president of the TRA. So we, we should have given her a little bit of credit on that at the beginning too. But oh, I think Grant said something. I'll be seeing you around here. In Dallas yeah. Soon, I'm here. Whenever you want touch every yeah. Sunday. Look, Listen, we, we can be glad that in Texas, we do have high quality refs like Kat who are here and, and really trying to promote the, the, the refereeing side, not just the playing side, but the refereeing side. I think that's super important. So uh, Kat, we thank you for coming on. Grant, episode three kind of in, in the books here. Uh, yeah. This is the October episode. Any final thoughts from you? So final thoughts, <clears throat> you know, we need to get out of this stage three because people God. are going stir crazy <laughs> for some rugby. Um, so, so it'd be interesting, but we, but uh, you know, this weekend, plenty of rugby on the telly. Uh, so barbarians versus Fiji, 
Ireland versus uh, Italy, Scotland versus Georgia, and the Premiership Final. So if you guys are not doing anything, that stuff's going to be on telly somewhere. So that's good stuff. Uh, and then I, I believe NBC Sports Gold, yeah, Sports Gold yeah. Rugby Pass, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. so good, so good stuff to be watching this weekend. And uh, I think uh, there is a, a England versus Japan match coming up shortly too. That is true, and, and I'll 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 be the outlier and say if you really want to watch it too, um, this weekend is the grand final in NRL. Yes, so there's at least something else going on. It should be a heck of a match, but if you don't watch rugby league, then it doesn't matter to you. But yeah, it's Nola Gold. It's, 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 it's Nola Gold also yeah, has Nola's a couple matches. Yep. and then Life, sure. and then nice. yeah, for for again. Okay. Yeah. Are we gonna get some Facebook streams? Fingers crossed. Maybe if you message them. Can't, can't make it. Yeah, you know. If you can. I'll add it to my to do list. Get I'll give them pickle juice in exchange. There, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, Rick, any last any last thoughts from you? No, excited to. Um, Watch some rugby this weekend, finally, a nice full weekend of rugby. And then, um, you know, looking forward to January. We've got a full schedule for university. I know high school is ready. Just hope that things will calm down before the end of December. Yep. Well, that's all we can do. For Grant Cole, actually, let's go back. For Kat Roche from the USA, thanks for coming on, Kat. Again, we appreciate it. Grant Cole in Houston, Rick Collins up in Dallas. I'm Dustin Zarin Austin saying, guess what, folks? That's all the Texas news, and we are out of here. <laughs>